Welcome to the Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast where we discuss all things compounding and all things concerning independent pharmacy. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Delisio, North American Sales Director, and Sebastian Dennison, Clinical Compounding Pharmacist. Welcome, Compounding World, and welcome to the latest episode of a Mortar and Pestle, a PCCA podcast. This is Mike Delisio, welcoming you back again, and as always, joined with my partner in crime, Sebastian Dennison. Hello, everyone. Good to be back again. Mike, how are you? Awesome. And I always say, how many, I don't know how many times I've made comments or reference to the fact that these are my favorite episodes, but I'll say it again. It's always an amazing opportunity to be joined by a physician, and much more in this case. Uh, we are so, I would say, fortunate to welcome Dr. Richard Harris to the Mortar and Pestle podcast. Um, this is going to be an incredible episode to get to learn more about one of our speakers, an individual who will be featured at our International Seminar 2022, live in Houston, Texas at the end of October. Dr. Harris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, and, and please call me Richard. I always say doctor is what I do. It's not who I am. Well, I, I will definitely take note of that, and just welcome. It's, it's, it's a great to have you, to take time out of your schedule to be with us, and once again, for our audience to get to learn more about you. And with I don't want to miss anybody, but doc, uh, Renee Prescott, our Director of Education, has also joined us. Renee, welcome. You're no stranger to the podcast, and I wasn't going to forget you. Awesome. I'm glad to be back. I was just there a few weeks ago. So thanks for having me again, Mike and Sebastian. No, it's an absolute pleasure. And we'll probably explain more to our audience as to why you're here as well, because there is a relationship that exists behind the scenes as we vet our speakers and learn more about some of the content that we want to bring to seminar. And, you know, the, how it all happens behind the scenes is also a really cool part of what we do. But Dr. Harris, there's a lot to learn about you. I'll call you Richard. There you go. I already slipped up once, but that's fine. Um, just looking at your bio, so incredibly impressive. And for those that don't have much experience with you and, and some of your background, they can always go to our website at pccainternationalseminar.com. Um, we were just joking around right before we started recording that you're probably one of the only PharmD MD, MBA graduates that I've ever seen. You said there's more of you. Uh, that educational background is immense and incredibly impressive. I guess we can just start by asking, what was your journey like and what led you from one thing to the next? Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting because there's no possible way that I could have crafted this journey on my own. I always say it's a God thing because uh, only by God, could I have done the things that I have done and been fortunate and placed in the positions that I've been placed in. So I was always interested in science. You know, when I was growing up, kids were reading books about Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys and Goosebumps. I didn't like any of that stuff. I read books about whales, dolphins, sharks, anatomy, physics. And so my mom thought I was a weird little kid. She thought I wasn't going to develop a vocabulary because I, I was reading all these science books. But that was just who I was. And then I got into high school and the, I was really interested in anatomy. I was really interested in physics. I actually started off my career doing physics. I wanted to do biomedical physics. I wanted to make prosthetics until I got into my first theoretical math class and said, nope. This is not for me. I literally have no idea what this man at the board just did for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back into something a little bit more tangible, switched into biochemistry, 
did bench research for two years, thought I wanted to do research until I did that, hated it. And then I was sitting in the dean of the pharmacy school's lab. That's whose lab I worked in. And he said, hey, why don't you think about coming to pharmacy school? I think you'd make a great pharmacist. I had never worked in a pharmacy. I had no idea what a pharmacist did. But I knew that I didn't want to do research. I didn't want to teach. I didn't think I had any other options. So I went to pharmacy school. And in pharmacy school, I realized that I wanted to go to medical school. Finished pharmacy school, worked for a year at MD Anderson, then went to medical school. And in medical school, I realized that there was a big disconnect between those who knew business and those who knew medicine. And so as soon as I got out of residency, I started thinking about this. And then two years later, I applied for my MBA, which I finished in 2020. And I'm so glad I did that because now what I do with my career, I need all three of those. And along the way, people called me crazy, said I hated making money. That's not true. I don't know anybody who doesn't like making money, right? And it, it, it now, because of, of the background and the degrees, I'm able to do some really cool stuff, some really interesting stuff, and marry all three together to really advance healthcare. I always say to people that what I do is I try to make healthcare suck less. And that's overall what my mantra is. So... You've, you've alluded to it, but what is the focus of your practice now that you've got this sort of very uh, diversified background that is focusing on healthcare? Yeah, so I wanted to work in, in multiple different areas. I wanted to be able to provide information to people. And when I was working with patients or clients one-on-one, there's that's not scalable, right? And so the MBA in me was like, how do I make this scalable? How do I work on the systems? And so I developed an online course, developed a podcast. Those are scalable. I can get key lifestyle medicine and mindset and holistic health information out to people because I wanted people to really understand that there are other avenues besides medicine or ways to bolster their health to augment the medicine they're on, especially if they want to get off medical therapy. You know, And so that was one thing. And then I began to look at the healthcare system overall. It's a horrible experience for everybody. It's a horrible experience for the patient. It's a horrible experience for the physician. It's a horrible experience for the pharmacist, for the nurse practitioner, right? And so I said, how do we make this a better experience for others? And I think one of those is elevating pharmacists to practice at the top of their license. So I began working with some innovative companies and consulting with companies who are doing just that, doing some really cool stuff with pharmacists as practitioners and and providers. And then I also began to look at, well, what do I care about? I care about sustainability. I care about the environment. I care about, you know, my grandkids being able to play in a nice green park and not being like total recall where they have to, you know, open the air cans. Right. (laughs) And so I got that reference. Yeah, I was there. (laughs) Right. I I don't want that. So I started working and on investing in sustainability, sustainable farming, sustainable energy generation, things that aren't necessarily needs now, but we're seeing that in the future, these are things that are going to be very important for uh, subsequent generations' health. So that's how I started to, to marry everything together because when we think of healthcare, most people just think it's a doctor-patient visit. But there's so much more that goes into healthcare than just that time you spend with the doctor. And if we can work on the systems that underlie healthcare, improve those, we can improve the experience for millions of people. 
So Renee, when you came across R Richard, I'm trying to correct myself, um, what was the part that made you go, oh man, we gotta get him in front of our audience? Well, first of all, when I found him, I found, I found him through his own podcast, so which is the Strive for Great Health podcast. And I love podcasts, listening to them. I, and I typically don't listen to them to find speakers for PCCA. I listen to them because it's educational and for my own enjoyment. And uh, every once in a while, I'll come across one and, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is fabulous. It's, you know, personalized medicine, lifestyle medicine, really in alignment with what compounding pharmacies, you know, can, can really benefit from. And as I went and looked, I was like, oh, he keeps mentioning a website. So let me go look at his website. And then I found out not only, you know, is, is he a great, a great speaker, but he's in Houston, Texas. So it's very appropriate um, to, you know, really just connect with him since that's where PCCA is located. And besides that, um, just, you know, listening to the different topics that he presented on, I could kind of go back and say, oh, okay, you know, he's, he's going to be a great speaker for PCCA. Um, let me see which of these topics would resonate best with our members. And then we were able to get on a phone call with him and, and talk through that. And I think with Richard being not only a pharmacist himself, but also knowing quite a bit about compounding pharmacy with other relationships that he has with his pharmacist colleagues um, helps as well. That's it's incredible because I think a lot of the individuals that come to our events, our symposiums, whatever that may be, they don't know the backstory. You know, um, potentially if there is an affiliation with A4M, you know, or other, you know, physician groups that we've we've normally have chosen speakers from in the past. This one's probably a bit more unconventional because Renee, it's also your love, your passion for podcasting, much like mine. I know I've sent you a bunch over on a Saturday afternoon. I'm like, you got to check this person out. It's awesome. Unfortunately, Richard, I haven't found yours yet. Um, but now that I know that, and I know obviously some of the back end stuff. So let's talk about podcasting a bit because, you know, just keeping things top of mind, your incredible background, your unique view or perspective on healthcare. What made podcasting an important part of getting the word out for you? And, and how has that journey been as well? Yeah, podcasting has been amazing. It is a very unique platform. It, and I say that because there's so many different use cases. There's a ton of utility with podcasts. I started off doing videos on Facebook. And I would do uh, videos on the questions that people would ask me the most. And it's got to the point where I would starting to get like a 1, thousand, 1500 views per video. I go, wait a minute, there's something here. People like what I have to say. And I did a post that said, Hey, if I start a blog or a podcast, will anybody listen? I got 120 responses saying yes. So if 120 people are telling you to do something, you should probably do it. And it was either, okay, do I want to start a blog? Well, I don't really like writing. This whole podcasting thing is coming up. Well, let me do that. So I, I hired a podcasting coach. He walked me through the ins and outs. And then I just started. I just started putting stuff online. And there's so many different ways that you can utilize a podcast for your goals. I didn't want to directly monetize my podcast. I wanted it to be a free resource for information that I thought was essential. 
a lot of the things that we teach in lifestyle medicine are things that we should teach our kids. They should be in schools. And so I didn't want to charge people for that, but I used it indirectly as a way to build my thought leadership. And that's what landed me speaking gigs. It landed me consulting gigs. And that is how I utilize my podcast because it not only helped my consulting career, but it also helped me get information out there. And I really wanted to portray a, a message of hope that people are in control of their own destinies, that no matter what's happened to you, you can change your situation because I firmly believe that. And in my podcast, I'm not just an expert. I'm someone living through things. I, my whole family has mental illness. I've had sciatica since I was 13. I've had insomnia since I was 12. I've had irritable bowel since I was nine years old. Um, I have horrible allergies. I had asthma so bad I couldn't play sports until eighth grade. So I've had a lot of health struggles in, in my career. And, and, you know, I talk about these things because there are ways that I've dealt with things, ways that I've improved my health, ways that help my, my clients and my patients. And it's just been really cool because there are people who listen to my podcast all around the world which is really interesting. And, and I had a, a fangirl moment one time. I was walking my dog outside of, of the apartment complex and we live right by Minute Maid. And this girl hops out of the car, looks at me and goes, are you that doctor on Instagram? I go, I'm a doctor and I'm on Instagram. <laughs> she goes, Dr. Harris, right? I go, yeah. She goes, oh my God, I follow your stuff. I listen to your podcast. I love it. She goes, it, it's changed my life. It's helped my family. So keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, wow, that's that's a really powerful moment that that you can impact people that you've never even met. And I think that's really the joy and the, the best utility of podcasting. It kind of makes it all worth it, right? That you get oh, that one moment. Does. It's like, oh, I'm resonating with somebody. At least there's an individual out there that are not just listening. <laughs> I got one. Yeah, well, they're, it, it's, you're resonating with them too. I think I was going to ask you that question with the platform being obviously available to all corners of the earth. Do you see that a lot of your listeners are tuning in locally that potentially are patients of yours? Or is it really just, you know, open platform and you're just appealing to a wide audience? Yeah, I did everything that you're not supposed to do when you podcast. You're supposed to niche things down, right? I didn't mm -hmm. do that because I'm an, I'm an internal medicine physician. Mm -hmm. We're the people who are supposed to know about everything. And so I said, how can I, in my background, niche a podcast down when I'm treating people with all different things, all different walks of life? And so that is the essence of, of my podcast. And it's really about chronic disease and how you prevent chronic disease and how you keep yourself healthy. And if you have chronic disease, how you can possibly reverse chronic disease. And so... I, I really try to do things differently than than what people say you should do. I'm the kind of person that if they say, you know, you need to swim downstream, I'm gonna, probably going to swim upstream just to see what's up there, right, and see if I can do it. And I think podcasting allows you to do that, to be yourself, to to really put out what you want to put out and and connect with people who are going to be on the same wavelengths as you because you could even say the same thing that other people say but you put it in a way that may resonate differently with different people than somebody else and i think that's the beauty of of podcasting and whether you have 10 million listeners or 50 listeners 
you're still impacting people. Mm-hmm. So th- that kind of leads me to the next one is such because of your sort of breadth of listeners, are you seeing questions coming from other healthcare professionals? And this kind of leads into why we want to put you on stage and um, sort of some of the, the pieces that you're, you're getting pushed into or direction that you're sort of getting feedback on. Is that something that you're seeing in your podcast or feedback? Yeah. So most of it is from consumers, right? And, and these consumers are mostly in Texas, but all over the place. But I have had other practitioners reach out to me. Now, it's usually not MDs. MDs are very prickly. They're very stuck in their ways. Unfortunately, I did a poll, an informal poll of a lot of my colleagues. Most of them haven't read a clinical trial since they graduated from medical school. And we know as pharmacists how difficult it is to change a doctor's mind. It can be very difficult. Now, the people who are more open are pharmacists. Pharmacy school is harder. Pharmacy school teaches you to be a better leader. Pharmacy school teaches you how to evaluate data better than medical school. So pharmacists are more open to changing their mind about things. And the other profession that I get a lot of interaction with is chiropractors. Because chiropractors are taught from the beginning a more naturalistic and a more holistic view of medicine. Whereas MDs, it's really surgery or medication, and you get very little teaching on anything else outside of that. And that's one of the reasons I did start the podcast was to open up more practitioners to the benefits of lifestyle medicine, but also to educate people on what the data shows on medical therapy. You know, you ask a doctor about absolute risk reduction versus relative risk reduction, most of them are going to be like, what's that? Whereas I'll look at the absolute risk reduction of a medication and, you know, if you actually look at a lot of these things for cardiometabolic conditions, your ARR is like really, really low, you know? <laughs> so it's actually shocking. Percentage is really low. high, but. Uh... <laughs> right. The relative risk is, is reduction is pretty high. Then you look at the absolute risk reduction and you're like, oh my God, it's like 1%. Yeah. So I wanted to be able to provide people with other tools to help their lives and get physicians around the fact that, hey, we all really need to be checking on the lifestyle parameters of our patients if we actually want them to improve. Now, I know most physicians do want their patients to improve. They just weren't given the education and the tools to help people with these other things besides medication. And I think this is why we're so excited to have you coming to International, because you're going to be speaking to not only pharmacists, but innovative pharmacists that are looking to to adopt uh, better and best practices in alignment with what you're already with what you're already doing. So um, now this kind of brought up something else, and I, I I was privy to the conversation. And you you really do enjoy the compounding pharmacy world, um, and for what value they bring. I do, I do. I, I I always tell people that if you really want to get better and learn about your medications go to a holistic or go to a compounding pharmacy because those pharmacists typically will be able to spend time with you, talk to things. They're able to do things that a traditional pharmacy may not be able to do, like put together um, combinations, change the doses that may be better in line. They may have access to be able to make formulations of certain things that 
are better people are better able to tolerate you know some a lot of people this is not something that's talked about a lot of people can't swallow pills and this is something you never hear but when you ask people a lot of times why they take their medication like i just couldn't swallow that pill and so there are certain things that we can do to to help with that and and I just love the the idea of entrepreneurship in healthcare. I think one of the major problems with healthcare is that healthcare practitioners aren't entrepreneurs anymore. They don't a lot of them don't run their own businesses. And I think when you ever you look at entrepreneurship in healthcare, you see better outcomes because the practitioner gets to really do what they want to do. They get to do what they love. They're happy to wake up every single day and do it. And and that's the essence that I see around compounding pharmacy. And then with some of the the treatments that you're able to do, like LDN, right? That's something I'm very excited about. And we've seen a lot of good response to people with these types of of therapies. And as we dig deeper into pharmacogenetics and and individualizing medical treatment plans, compounding pharmacies are going to be at the forefront of doing this and really bringing that personalized medicine and that individualized dosing out to people. So, uh, Dr. Harris, while you were kind of going through everything, I was just reflecting a bit back on the podcast episodes that I've heard. And, oh, by the way, congratulations on hitting over 100 episodes now. <laughs> that's that's very exciting. Um, but I love listening to the content that you provide, the way that you explain things to your listeners in terms that everybody can understand, including uh, what I'm sure must have been a very difficult to explain topic like the HPA axis dysfunction and how you related that back so that anybody could really understand what that was. Um, And then, you know, you bring guests on. I've heard you feature a pharmacist on as well who is doing um, health coaching and then you've, you know, had business professionals on. So, I think just the podcast in in general is just such a wide variety of topics. And um, I'm a fan of yours. And so I just really enjoy all of your episodes. You're having another fan moment right here. So you're making an impact. So this is two for you, for sure. Um, I'm I'm no stranger to LDN. And I'm I'm really excited about it. And you had mentioned that you were seeing some really big results. What are some other uh, compounded therapies that you're excited about right now that you're you're going to be able to get in front of us and discuss? I don't want to get into the weeds, but I just want to kind of get people excited about you know they're jazzed up. We're going to hear Richard. He's going to talk about this. I, I I'm curious as to what you're you're excited about. Yeah, one of the things that I've been doing for a while, and me and my business partner who has the compounding pharmacies, of course, is is hormone replacement. All right, and I, we have a different spin on hormone replacement because you can't just replace someone's hormones without fixing the root issue. You can, and you can get the numbers up, but then people still feel like crud. Right. And and so I like to marry the, what the pharmacy does with the lifestyle medicine, with the health coaching. And I think that that's something that only the compounding pharmacies can provide all of that as a one-stop shop. So I really believe that the pharmacy of the future incorporates not only precision medicine, but health coaching, lifestyle medicine, and and really making sure that people are addressing the the root cause. So that's one of the, those two things are are really what I'm excited about because I am really curious about dysregulation and metabolism and inflammation. 
and how all the root causes of disease are basically leading to a, a chronic inflammation, right? And so how do, how do we address that chronic inflammation and how many conditions can we benefit from addressing chronic inflammation and balancing that? So those are just my personal areas of interest. And of, and of course, um, hormones are, are very interesting to me, especially the, the sex hormones, especially what's going on with fertility rates in the gutter, you know, um, I think it's very important for overall, uh, our overall health is today and in the future is optimizing our, our sex hormones as well. Probably the perfect segue into what you're going to be discussing in international. I, I couldn't think of a better way to put it, you know, hearing your approach to inflammation, you know, chronic disease, obesity, um, we've labeled the workshop that you're going to be speaking at, Richard, as Mythbusters Fat Loss Edition. So this is obviously going to be all-encompassing everything that you probably discussed. Why is this topic so important, even when focusing on diet, obesity, and fat loss in general? Um, and then what does that really mean for patients and the myriad of approaches and things that need to be considered as a result? Yeah, it's a very complicated subject and there are so many pervasive myths out there like for instance um carbohydrates are are terrible and evil and we should never eat carbohydrates right and i'm like so you should never eat fruit or vegetables so you know th there's these things like that that people we tend to take things to extreme and really in order to have a successful fat loss plan, it's all about giving yourself grace. And it's all about really finding that balance. All right. And so there are so many things that go into this that people don't even expect, like sleep. If you ask people how sleep correlates to their body weight, they're gonna be like, well, it probably doesn't. But we know it does and in multiple different aspects. And it's so nuanced that I've even gotten some things wrong. Like I'm going to do a podcast about this coming up where it's called things I got wrong. And there are things that I mentioned on the podcast that I got wrong. And, you know, I'm not infallible. There are certain times where I didn't do enough research on my own on the subject. And I just took what some other experts said. And then I looked at the data myself and I was like, oh, that person was completely wrong. So this is why I wanted to talk about some of these key myths because a lot of what we end up doing and a lot of what you hear on social media and what you hear people saying is causing a very dysregulated and disorganized relationship with food. And I feel that that's a, a huge disservice to people. My mother had an eating disorder. My sister had an eating disorder. So I've seen what these at the end of the spectrum, what these things can do to people. And, and it's horrific. So really making sure that we have the truth out there, giving people grace, making sure that people have a, a, a cohesive plan and then knowing what they need help with and, and maybe if they need a professional that that's okay to help them guide them through this because it is very nuanced. And so that's really what the essence of the conversation is. And so people can really understand a lot of these nuance that goes into it and then where the data actually says there are some advantages or disadvantages and 
getting rid of some of these longstanding myths. So what excites you the most about speaking peer to peer to compounding pharmacists and, and having them live in a setting like this that you can lead this type of workshop? I believe that in the, the healthcare model of the future, the pharmacist is an essential piece, essential. You cannot have an integrated pharmacy model without, or an integrated healthcare model without pharmacists. It's just not gonna happen because no one else has the expertise that you do as a pharmacist. No one else does. And, and it's not like anybody else is gonna go and get that expertise because it's not something that you could go on your own and really learn to the same degree. Someone who's a pharmacist can go and learn everything that I know about lifestyle medicine. So I really love talking to pharmacists and helping to bridge the gap between dispenser and provider because the healthcare model that I envision in the future absolutely needs every pharmacist being able to function as a provider. And I would love to see that in the area of lifestyle medicine and, and integrative medicine to really help drive down this, this chronic disease epidemic. Incredibly well said. And I think without getting into more of the details of what you're probably going to talk of, we'll, we'll save that for the actual seminar, right? I, I was going to say you got to show up just to have your, your sort of your professional ego stroke to be like, I'm worthy. I think I'm going to be part of something big because I think that's what the future is going to be. And you're, you're bringing it to life. So I applaud you for that just yeah. from the starting point. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'll be there. So will I. Can I, uh, can I give a, a plug for when the time and date will be? Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say it, but you. Well, I want to. As a director seats. of education, Renee, please, please share with our audience. All right, um, at Hilton Americas in Houston, Texas, PCCA's international seminar, Dr. Richard Harris will be speaking on Friday, October twenty eighth at one fifteen p.m. in the afternoon. We have him slotted for a 90-minute session. And yes, we would love to see all of you guys in Houston. Um, but if you are not able to make it, this session will also be offered for our virtual audience. <clears throat> awesome. Uh, Richard, it was an absolute pleasure to meet you. Um, we didn't want to go into too much detail because we definitely want to have individuals be in attendance and, and obviously giving them the ability to connect and to hear from you and your perspective as well. So this was just a, a feature snippet, you know, a bit to get to know you, a featured speaker of our seminar. And it'd be, it's going to be a great time, and we definitely look forward to having you live. Yeah, I, I can't wait to, to be there. This is actually, of all the things I do, this is the most fun to me, is, is working the stage, getting to share my passion, which is, you know, disease prevention and an elevation of pharmacists to, to the rightful position. It's something I talk about all the time on the podcast. The underuse and underutilization of pharmacists is, is criminal, in my opinion. Pharmacists don't get enough credit for what they do, what they know. And I, I really, so going back to actually, one of the reasons I went to medical school was I wanted to show all the doctors what a pharmacist could do. That was legitimately like one chip on my shoulder that I felt like I wasn't getting the respect I deserved. So I was going to show all these doctors what a pharmacist can do. 
And this is something that will stay with me the rest of my life. I always tell people I'm a pharmacist first, I'm a physician second, and I'm an entrepreneur third. So being there and being able to talk to the pharmacist, it, it, it's such a joy in meeting people and hearing what people are doing and seeing the innovation in pharmacy. I'm actually really, really excited. Most people are all doom and gloom about the future of pharmacy. I'm really excited about the future of pharmacy and what our pharmacists are going to be a, doing for patients. So Renee just alluded to the fact that you recorded your 100th episode. So before you go, um, I'll let you do one last plug. I, this episode's going to air far before you speak, obviously. Uh, so if you want to mention how people can find your podcast, the name of it, I'm assuming it's on all platforms. So feel free to share that. Yeah, Strive for Great Health podcast. It's available everywhere. You can also go to my website, thegh.wellness.com, and click on the podcast there. And uh, yeah, we're going to keep it rolling. I'll, I'll continue to podcast as long as I have a voice. It may not be every month, but I will continue to, to drop information. And recently, I, I leveled up the podcast. The reason it takes me about 10 hours to research is because I realized I wasn't doing enough research and I wasn't applying the scientific rigor that I had learned in pharmacy school. So th this is something that I've done in the last couple of episodes is with renewed vigor and, and scientific information and really diving deep on, on the literature. Awesome. Definitely going to check it out myself and subscribe before I leave the recording. So pleasure meeting well, you as, a, as again, go ahead, Seb. I was just going to say, if you need someone to feature on your, what I got wrong podcast, you can let me know and I'll just show up. I can probably speak for a good five hours for you share my, <laughs> my, my crises, um, and I'll, I'll do some research. So I'll, I'll put Do we want to do one of those episodes, what we got wrong? <laughs> I don't, that would be maybe we have to do guys. three or four. <laughs> so. We could start with probably getting a podcast coach, much like Richard did. That probably would be a great start, 90 episodes into this. Um, yeah, but just thanks again. Thanks, Renee. Thank you. Thanks, Richard. It would be a pleasure meeting you in person. Can't wait to to see you talk and um, I definitely look forward to seeing everything. But as always, for those that do have any interest, as Renee mentioned, the dates of the event and the seminar, um, if you need more information about how to attend, www.pccainternationalseminar.com. There you'll find all of our speakers, how to learn more about you know their backgrounds and then the full agenda and everything that you can expect from the seminar itself. And as Richard said, as always, we're pretty much available on every platform you can think of that is hosting podcasts. So please subscribe so that you do not miss an episode. This is Mike Delisio. Until next time, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.